0: Throughout heaven and earth, I alone am the honored one. Gojo Satoru, chapter 75, page 9 of Jujutsu Kaisen. But Gojo isn't the originator of this line. Instead, these are what's believed to be the first words of the Buddha. And this is one of the major pieces of evidence that people who believe that Gojo has a god complex point to. But does Gojo have a god complex? I mean, surely he should, right? The quote, he's immensely powerful, bending space, light, creating vacuums. His domain ensnares its captive, forcing so much information into its mind that it cannot process what's going on and simply freezes, leaving them completely helpless. And it doesn't hurt that he has a pair of baby blue eyes that the ladies seem to love. He confidently proclaims himself to be the strongest, And believes he can take on the likes of Ryomen Sukuna. But do these powers, these gifts that have been bestowed upon him at birth, do they give him a god complex? Hello and welcome to Serena in 2D, where we take a deep dive into our favorite anime, manga, and tv shows and maybe look a little bit too deeply into it, but that will be up to you to decide. Listen, I'm not going to waste your time here. I'm not fooling anyone. You guys, if you know me from my TikTok page, already know how I feel about people labeling Gojo with a God complex or with narcissism. Arrogant. Selfish. He's been called it all and I have fought against it every time. But I understand that there are layers to this argument because I understand where people are coming from. But one point I want to bring up right off the bat is the fact that saying that someone has a God complex Inherently has a negative connotation to it, and I think that that's something that some people who label him with this Don't seem to understand. It's like how I'll see a lot of people say that uh, Itadori's character is the epitome of hypocrisy He is not a hypocrite Instead what's going on is that his story has a lot of irony to it and we'll talk about that later But today focusing on Gojo, I would like to ask people Is Gojo a narcissist, does he have a god complex, or does he take on too much? Does he think that he has too much responsibility that is on his shoulders squarely? Gojo does not call himself the strongest with any kind of pride. Instead, it is something that is laced with loneliness, sadness, and a heavy responsibility. Because when we look at Gojo's past, he wasn't always the strongest alone. He shared this title happily with his other half, with Ghetto Suguru. And don't worry, of course, I am excited to talk about their relationship in depth, but that will be in another episode. Having an understanding, a deep understanding of Gojo's past arc is what's going to give us what we need to understand Gojo in the present. Someone with a true god complex would not want to share that title with anyone else, especially when. It's clear that Gojo was always going to be stronger than Ghetto. His birth altered the Jujutsu world. Born with the rare gifts of the Six Eyes and the Limitless. He did not have to bring Ghetto in with him for this title of the strongest. But he did. Because he didn't want to be alone. Gojo, past and present, knows what it's like to have your power be something that alienates you from other people. There's one illustration in particular that sums up Gojo's loneliness in relation to his power. It's Gojo standing alone with nothing but a shadow behind him and far on the other side of the page, a text bubble saying, he's the strongest. Absent from his face is the cocky smile that we love to see, the cheerful energy, the playful boyish energy that we love to see. Instead, he looks solemn. His back is slightly hunched, and he looks forward as he moves forward alone. People mistake Gojo's unwielding optimism for arrogance. This kind of positivity is rare in the Jujutsu world. Most people have been beaten down too much to believe that things can work out better, that the Jujutsu world can change for the better. And luckily, Gojo is someone that believes that things can be better and will always work to make things better. Which brings me to my next point. Would someone with a God complex focus so much on trying to raise up a future generation of students to do what he could not do? To be the change that he knows he cannot be. Gojo believes so deeply in his students that there are certain students that he believes can be as powerful he is and maybe even stronger. That does not sound like a narcissist to me. Someone with a God complex also feels like they're infallible. Gojo knows that he has weaknesses. And he will rely on other people, even if those people don't think that anything bad could ever happen to him. If this sounds familiar, it's because I'm talking about Yuta. Yuta was able to protect Itadori because Gojo asked him to do so, even though he told Gojo that he thought that he was joking. There was no way that Gojo Satoru could ever be harmed, right? Why would he need Yuta to help him in case something happened to Itadori? But Gojo knew that something bad could happen to him. He knows that he won't always be around. And he knows that something bad could happen to him. And so he created a contingency plan that came in handy. If he really saw himself as an untouchable god, there would be no need to bring in Yuta. And since we're talking about Yuta, let's also talk about another point that's usually a part of someone who has a god complex. A lack of empathy. Gojo cares deeply for his students. And he's made this abundantly clear. Gojo recognizes how important one's youth is because of the impact it had on him. They make it clear that Gojo's high school years, his time with Ghetto, was the best time of his life. Gojo was the one who pleaded for Yuta, who, even though he had an execution over his head, Gojo made the case to protect Yuta and to bring him to Jujutsu High. Despite Yuta agreeing on his own execution, Gojo pled for his protection. He made a case that he could take him on and bring him to Jujutsu High and give him a place to spend his high school years. And let's not forget that Yuta attempted to end his own life. I don't want to hurt anybody anymore, so I'm not going outside. But you'll be lonely. The curse attached to you can help people depending on how it's used. Learn to control its power. Then you can decide whether throwing it away is worth it. Gojo knows how bearing a great power can isolate you. And of course, he knows the importance of making friends, of enjoying your youth. He brings this same empathy, of course, over to Itadori, someone who's been marked to be executed. Unlike Yuta, Gojo was unable to completely suspend Itadori's execution. Instead, it's only delayed. And yet Gojo still wants Itadori to live his life to the fullest. And he's glad that Itadori himself seems to be invested in this as well. He's not living to die. He's living knowing that he will die. And that even though that time will come sooner than most people, he still wants to do his best to live a good life, to enjoy his life with his newfound friends. And the thing is, I don't think it's just people ignoring Gojo's positive traits in order to paint him as someone with a god complex. I think they're twisting some of his most positive traits into a negative. Like I mentioned earlier, his unwavering belief in himself and his students is something that's actually a bit of a positive. Gojo seeing himself as the strongest is something that comes with responsibility, and he thinks that he's capable of bearing it all. And he does this in order to keep other people safe. Gojo is driven by positive energy. The element associated with Gojo is void. And Void, if you look it up, is an immensely creative and positive element. Gojo uses his creativity to try and solve problems. And again, let's go back to Gojo's past arc. What happens after Gojo is unable to protect Riko Amanai, something that he thought he could do? Instead of allowing the loss of Riko to crush him and send him down a dark spiral like it did Ghetto, he worked on himself. It was this loss That propelled him even further into his strengths. He looked for solutions that could have helped keep what happened from happening. Toji was able to sneak up on Gojo and stab him through the throat because Gojo did not yet have a barrier in place that would keep things away from him without him having to consciously think about it. Now he has something akin to an autopilot shield. Remember we see the scene play out where Ghetto throws an eraser at Gojo, And then our girl Shoko throws a sharp pin at Gojo's head. The pin was kept out, but the eraser came in because it was harmless. And it can do these things without Gojo even thinking about it consciously. Gojo was tired when Toji attacked. He was not at his peak performance. And so what does Gojo do? He figures out a way to recycle his energy so that he almost never needs to even sleep. This is how Gojo processes trauma. He doesn't let it drag him down, instead he finds creative solutions to try and make things better. But he focuses all that on himself. Gojo hates to feel like he has put other people at risk simply by them being associated with him. Even while speaking to Principal Gakuganji, Gojo mentions how normal it is for him to be attacked on the regular. So I hope I've made it clear that Gojo saying that he is the strongest isn't him bragging, it's just the truth. And it's something that comes with a heavy burden. Gojo isn't focused on his own happiness and safety, and instead focuses on that of his students. He knows that he cannot be the change that he would like to see in the Jujutsu world by himself, and instead that he needs comrades. He needs a younger generation that can take over and be the change that he knows that he couldn't be. And Gojo still operates within the Jujutsu world. He doesn't completely disregard anything that the higher ups say. And so he doesn't have a complete disregard for authority, which is something that someone with a god complex usually has. They believe that they're above the rules. Gojo does not go above the rules. He just pushes boundaries a bit and tries to get his way. Gojo doesn't allow failure to define him and instead tries to find new ways to create solutions. But I think Gojo is a bit too much like a fixer or someone who focuses on solving all the problems by themselves instead of bringing more people in. And that's what I believe to be one of his failings during the Shibuya arc. He went by himself down into the train station and faced off with the various curses. Believing, of course, that he could handle it by himself. And this isn't Gojo having a god complex. It's him wanting to keep other people from being potentially harmed by something that he blames himself for. He knows what's going on. He knows that they are trying to get to him. Just like we saw during the Goodwill event arc. Gojo is tired of other people being put in harm's way because some curse user wants to get to him. I also think that people think that Gojo is disrespectful to everyone and when he says that he's the strongest that it means that he's looking down on everyone. That is not true. I think people are taking shortcuts when they're trying to analyze Gojo's character. They see a page where he calls himself the honored one. Surely he has a god complex. They see him walking over a row of marching ants in front of Gakuganji and Yaga-sensei with a big smile on his face. And they think, well, obviously, God complex, right? He sees everyone as ants, and he's just walking right over them, walking on them, he doesn't care, no regard for uh, lives other than his own. If Gojo really had the everyone beneath me is ants mentality, we would not see him trying to reduce damage in Shibuya. He would not care about the lives of non-sorcerers. One of the biggest parts of Gojo's character development, which we saw play out during Gojo's past arc, was him being able to be empathetic and care for people that were weaker than him, to care for non-sorcerers. Gojo didn't allow the deaths of the various people in the Shibuya station to ruin him. He didn't allow it to emotionally traumatize him in the same way that we see it happen to Itadori. Instead, he's able to move forward while also trying to protect as many people as possible. And honestly, that's a very practical and mature approach. You've been put in a position where your only option is casting a domain. By using unlimited void, you could kill us curses along with every person here. You could save everyone outside of the domain, plus everyone not down here in the fifth floor basement. But you can't. You won't. Your concept of sacrifice is limited to the humans who are killed by curses, not ones killed by Satoru Gojo. I'll make you think and agonize. Concentrate! These are Jogo's lines, seconds before Gojo casts a domain expansion. But this domain expansion is only 0.2 seconds. This altered domain allowed Gojo to slaughter approximately 1,000 transfigured humans in 299 seconds. This special domain was cast so it would reduce the amount of harm that it would do to the people around him, while maximizing the amount of curses and transfigured humans that he could kill. I just love this spread too, the way that Gojo just zooms through the crowd and how they just seem to be completely unfazed. They don't even know what's happening because Gojo is moving so quickly and you see the concentration on his face. This is chapter 89 pages 19 to 18 if you want to look it up yourself. I love the text boxes explaining how it is only going to have minor effects on these surrounding people and how Gojo did this on purpose. Gojo doesn't want to harm people. He wants to save as many people as possible but knows that practically there's going to be some losses in order to save the most amount of m- people as possible. And you know what, let's circle back around to Gojo's past art, because again, super important. Gojo becomes separated from Ghetto and is sent on missions by himself. Why? Because he's the strongest, he can handle it by himself, he doesn't need a partner. So in effect, the Jujutsu world was setting Gojo up for seeing himself as being the end-all-be-all to a final solution to everyone's problems. If there's a problem, just send Gojo. He can handle it. We even see Nanami, when he was younger, right after the death of Hybra, expressing the same sentiments. Why can't we leave it all to Gojo? And unfortunately, this hurt Ghetto's feelings because Ghetto was clearly no longer a part of the strongest. He was not needed by Gojo. But again, let's talk about that in another episode. Then we fast forward to the beginning of the Culling Games arc. We have Megami saying, we should also free Gojo-sensei. That guy could settle everything all on his own. Reflecting the same sentiments that so many other people have surrounding Gojo. And reflecting how Gojo sees himself as the fixer. So of course I've been going on and on about how Gojo isn't someone with a god complex. But who has a god complex? Is there a character in the series that has a god complex? Of course there is. We have Ryomins Kuna, someone who believes that power dictates everything and that he sees himself as the most powerful. So how does he use his power, not like Gojo? But instead uses it as a way to dominate over other people. He's insulted by the other special grade curse that he meets in the juvenile detention center finding it humiliating that he would be put in the same class as this other special grade curse. Sukuna doesn't care about other people, he's not concerned about some future generation. Instead, he wants to exercise his power how he sees fit. He just wants to create carnage. And guys, if you think he cares for Megami, that is not the truth. He sees Megami as a tool. And in fact, you know what, let's look at Megami for a second, right? We have two opposing forces that are interested in Megami. We have Gojo and we have Sukuna. Only one of these characters has a God complex. Of course that's Sukuna, not Gojo. Gojo not only wants Megami to be the change that he couldn't be, he tries to encourage Megami to see how powerful he is by bringing up the Tin Shadows user that went up against the former Six Eyes user as a way to let him know that he could become as strong as Gojo. This is something that, of course, Sukuna would never do. Sukuna is impressed by Megami, but he wants to use Megami. He doesn't save Megami's life in Shibuya out of some form of altruism. It's because he has some yet unknown plans for Megami. Some people speculating that he wants to take over Megami's body. But at this point in the story, we're not quite sure, and I can't wait to make an update when we do get there. Well, I really enjoyed talking about one of my absolute favorite characters, Gojo Satoru. And you guys know I can do this at length. And of course, I'm going to do it again. And it's going to be about Gojo and Ghetto. So look out for that episode. It'll be somewhere a little bit down the line. And if you go over to my TikTok at Serena2D, you will see that I poll regularly what kind of content you guys would like to see in my podcast. So make sure to give me a follow over there as well. And thank you for watching to the end. I hope that this helps. And you know what? If you have someone in your life that thinks Gojo has a God complex, just just show them this podcast. Just send them the link and say, here you go. I don't, I don't want to hear anything else from you about this, okay? Because I covered every point that there is about this, all right? And, and you know now because you listened to the end. Because I know now we're all on the same page, right? Okay, well, thank you for staying tuned for another episode. I really do appreciate all of the support and love that I've been getting from the podcast. Again, if you have any comments that you want to send to me, you can do that through whatever platform allows you to send me comments. And you can do it on Instagram. You can get me on Twitter and on TikTok. All at Serena and 2D. I look forward to hearing from you. And of course, you look forward to the next episode. I'll see you then.